Ben, I just saw that order come through. Hey, it looks like some customers are getting uh, distributor pricing, so that's uh, pretty urgent. Um, give me a call. Bye. Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Yeah, buddy, the only podcast on iTunes guaranteed to make you more attractive to the opposite sex today. I am joined by my captain, my CEO, a man who makes three sales before I finish my first morning coffee. How you doing, Ian? Hey, Dan. How's it going? I'm, I'm stoked, man, to uh, do a little bit of the uh, video conferencing podcast with you today. We've got a lot to cover. At the end of the episode, I'm going to be sharing my best Twitter optimization tricks. You're going to be sharing how you can basically hack your transportation and not lose money on your next automobile purchase. But first, we've got a lot of um, comments and shouts on the blog. So I'm going to click over here and uh, pull up a couple things people have been saying to us. Josh Crocker wrote that episode 32 was amazing and now he's hooked. And so I'm hoping that we can inspire a little bit more addiction out there. Thanks for that, Josh. Uh, Nice comment. Dan from Voyagner. I think it's Voyagner. I've been reading his blog actually for quite a long time. Uh, It's a nice travel blog. We'll link up to that. He said the last two podcasts have been exceptional. Ian, did you read that comment? Exceptional. Yeah, I agree with him. Totally agree with him. Tony Ruiz uh, and I are working on a drinking game to go along with the podcast <laughs> because, of course, the podcast does sound better when accompanied with a fresh brew. Tony Ruiz from Venture Mix. Thank you, sir. Jeff wrote me an email, a listener, Jeff, and I, I won't uh, expose the websites of people who send us emails. If you want the website call out, just mention that in your emails. He basically uh, wrote in just to, to, to go a total scourge against your advice to go with Dell laptops and i i couldn't agree more get with the times once you go mac you'll never go back man so uh jeff's just saying look these dell guys they're they're nothing like ian was saying they're awful i i did work on a macbook pro this weekend you did i uh yeah i gotta confess that i worked on a macbook pro this weekend and what do you think <laughs> yeah i like it it's nice you know a lot of it's nice one of the things i forgot is you know why didn't i go with a mac two years ago and i was actually worried um about compatibility issues and i was worried about you know i was in an office setting and everybody else was on windows and how that would play out two years ago things were a little bit different i believe that now we're at a point where it's pretty seamless i mean you're not going to have any issues unless you have a real specific focused issue that you know about in particular. But just for general use, I think we're kind of over that hurdle now. There are really no compatibility issues left. And so, you know, taking Ian's advice and going with Adele is really risky. And so, I, you know, I would reconsider that that stuff. It's risky, but, but as a Dell user at the cafe, I mean, I look like the cool guy because... I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Fair enough. You don't have that hipster appeal. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Chris at My Egg Noodles, of course, uh, one of my favorite blogs. I'm just fortunate enough to be able to get some great advice from him on the back end, and he's really helped me out. Um, He's such a rock star when it comes to web-based businesses. He's in such competitive niches that he doesn't blog too openly about it, but I'm really thankful that uh, he was able to help us out with some of our businesses this week. So thank you, Chris. He's actually... He's got a really cool website, too. Yeah, myagnoodles.com. He actually um, put up some really great posts last week, and we'll link to those as well. Some comments on the blog. uh, A guest post said... 
they want us to remove the cheesy sound effects. What's up with that? Not going to happen. happen, no. <laughs> Not going to happen. Having too much fun with those cheesy sound effects. Uh, Jordan writes to say that he's listening to the podcast from the beach in Barcelona. How baller is it? The beach in Barcelona, that's baller. That might, yeah. Well, anyway, that might be the coolest comment of the week. Steve writes in to recommend uh, Tim Ferriss' recent post about uh, Create Your Real World MBA. We'll link to that. That's a great uh, a, a great point. Rob from uh, Rob Burns' Brain, I actually know Rob from San Diego, is listening to the podcast now. So we're poisoning Rob Burns' brain, I'm proud to say. Um, Eric writes in and says, I have to agree with Dan. He's absolutely correct about MacBook Pros. Uh, Ian's advice was crap. Blah, 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 Joel, blah, blah. Joel Runyon writes uh, to say he totally agrees with Dan. Uh, you know, Dan couldn't blah, be blah, more blah, right. Blah. And he thanks us for the drum roll. So Joel is the inspiration for the drum roll. Let's give it a little drum roll. Boom. Yes. Love it. Tony Ruiz writes in again to say, Dan, you are so right. Ian couldn't be more wrong about about his suggestion to go <laughs> with Adele. <laughs> Man, Nate. Thanks, Tony. I'll think about you around the holidays. <laughs> Nate from The Way You Wonder writes in to point out a really cool niche site, parrotsecrets.com. you got to check this out. Making over four hundred grand per year in a small niche selling information products. That shit is baller. I love it. I love to hear about sites like that. Yeah, Nate, thanks for pointing that out. I think that's a really, really awesome website to, to point to because it's it's such a good example. Just pulling out some insider information and just make just killing it because nobody, nobody cares about parrots. Well, very few people care about parrots. But it turns out that you can make some decent money caring about parrots. So all you guys out there that think you don't have a good idea, somebody out there cares about rats or parrots or I don't know. But Great, great website. Alan Perlman from the 9to5 Alternative. He's got a cool website. You guys should check that out. We'll link you to some of his cool posts. Um, he's talking about how uh, we love that. He loves that uh, 3 to 5 hours is now considered casual computer usage. And I think that's pretty funny. Uh, he's been rocking a MacBook community, and he thinks that I couldn't be more right and you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, David Crandall writes out, man, I think uh, David is uh, he's palping a little bit now because we called him out as the, the biggest podcast listener success story. And so now he's uh, he's on the hook, uh, our reputation. Yeah, totally. So we're just going to be just giving him like a weekly phone call, like, "What's up, David? How you doing, David?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Anyway, thanks so much for all the comments. I love comments, man. They're sweet. And um, we're trying to do a little bit more putting resources on the blog as well. So uh, if you go to the blog, you can see uh, the kinds of things that we're talking about. You can get direct links. When we mention someone's blog, we're going to try to link to our favorite posts to their blog so that you can just get engaged right away and uh, start seeing who's inspiring us as well and the people in the community that are listening. We do a lot of chit-chatting, and uh, that's that's why we're doing this, to just to network with other people that are into the same stuff. So before we get to meat and potatoes, give me a little bit of update on what you're doing this week. What's what's new in uh, the life and times of Ian? We've got a couple of really exciting things going on. Uh, we're talking about developing a new website. We're just starting to get get rolling on that and it's going to be a huge challenge for us it's kind of uncharted territory we had a good month we ended our month well uh numbers were up yeah uh, the beginning of the month it was yeah it was a little rocky but we ended up well i don't know what's what's going on with you not a lot of news over here you know this first semester of the tropical mba is almost finished uh, i think you know sean is going to stay on in our company because he's just been crushing it like a rock star uh, sean better stay on man I- that guy 
I'm so uh, just tempted to just go out and do a million more tropical MBAs, and actually I'm thinking of ways to do that this week. So going to be more uh, paid internships for our company because um, it's working so well. One thing I really want to do is like do a lot more business training and coaching and, and, and materials, and I think that the subsequent semesters can help us to develop those things. Things like the Entrepreneur's Guide to Outsourcing in the Philippines, you know, which is just a really high bandwidth task. I mean, it's really difficult to get a product like that launched, especially when you've got more than a full-time job going on. So that's one thing that's going on. The other thing that's really that the MacBook Pro has been helping me out with is one of the things that I do is I'm traveling a lot. So like I do three-day weekends out to the islands every single week. One of the things I've really been experimenting with is you know when you travel Ian like sometimes you get that sense like oh I'm not going to get as much done because I don't have like I'm not settled in an office and I don't have all this stuff yeah sure I've always resisted that because I think it sucks you know it shouldn't it doesn't need to be a trade-off I've experienced what I call zero cost traveling and two things made it possible for me number one is a wireless dongle which allows me to get internet from anywhere and number two is my MacBook, which has, like, absurd battery life. Although I was making a four-hour trip uh, to a beautiful tropical island, I was working the whole way on a ferry and on the bus. It ended up being a zero-cost vacation. I was just as productive. And in the way I worked out, like, the hotel rates and, like, you know, the food and everything, it actually was a zero-cost vacation in terms of time and money. That was a really cool feeling. And... You know, as I get prepared for, I'm taking a week-long trip out to the final frontier, Palawan, here in the Philippines. It's really important to me that I'm able to work uh, adventure and travel into my life and still manage my team and still be productive. And I don't want to feel like it's a trade-off. And so actually the MacBook Pro and, and having internet access all the time from everywhere has really helped me make that that leap forward. So that's been exciting for me. Yeah, that's, that's my news. That's yeah, baby. So today, what we want to talk about quickly in the meat and potatoes. So these are like five perhaps mindsets that gurus wouldn't advocate, but that we think are critical to success. I, I realize that they have a product to sell and that want to make that appealing and that, you know, you do sell based on ideals. But we're going to pull out five busting mindset issues that I don't see a lot of exceptions to. In fact, the only exceptions to these things I see are when I hear from the gurus. So maybe these guys have got it figured out. But I don't meet people in my real life don't follow these five things, you know, are pretty much not as appealing as what people are selling. Like the whole, hey, you don't have to work and grow your business on the side and outsource everything and it's going to be cool and uh, you're going to make all this money and life's going to be great and you're going to have $100,000 a year in passive income. The things things in the fa- in the past few years we found that we can't live without or we can't work without. Right. And so, you know, there's two real options here. I mean, one is that we might just be stupid and wrong and not as smart as these guys. And I, I totally accept that possibility. Can we get a uh, can we get a buzzer right there? <laughs> the second possibility is that these are outliers that and that's what I'm sensing is that these are very rare situations when these things come about and maybe that's the reason they turn around and become a guru then they've figured it out and like here's how you do it but here are uh, things that we found that are we're going to call bullshit on five mindset issues and see uh, and see what you guys think about that yeah the first point is is working harder working harder works the whole thing is like there's this whole issue that uh ferris and the trail of people behind him come up and say look if your business depends on you 
and depends on you making decisions, then you're not going to grow as fast. But here's the thing. What if you set up all the systems and you leverage yourself out of your business? Then all that you do is gravy and cream. And so it's continuing to work constantly on your business still supercharges your business. To me, it's just, it works. Like working your ass off gets results. And, you know, I don't know clever ways around that. So people are, people are saying that it, that it can even be a downside. I don't understand how that could ever, you got to be smart about it, but hustling works, right? Yeah. Hustling works. And you know, Ferris is a hustler and he works hard. I, I wouldn't believe him for a second. If he told me he didn't work hard, he, he might be working on 50 things uh, at once, but he's working hard on them all. You know, I saw, saw a good friend from LA this weekend and uh, I, I live down in San Diego most of the time. I cited one reason for, for, she asked me why I didn't live in LA because it's, it's a pretty natural question. I think because there's so much going on in LA and it, it's, it's a cool place for entrepreneurs and business guys. I like to kind of hang out. And she said, well, why don't you, why don't you live in LA? You know, why don't you, why don't you move up here? And I cited my, my, one of my main reasons for not moving to LA is that I feel like I'm crushing it in San Diego because I'm working so much harder than most people here. <laughs> you got to understand, right? San Diego is kind of like a vacation town. People not moving as fast. And so I just feel like, I feel like I'm on the, uh, I'm on the skywalk at the airport and everybody else is walking. So <laughs> I feel like in, in LA, everybody's got a dream. So this brings us to our next point of things that we're seeing and people that are having success. And this is a big one. Obsession 24 7, 365. Business is the game. Uh, entrepreneurship is the game where the lights never go off, so to speak. You know, I, I have these weird, twisted fantasies similar to what you were just talking about. Like, if, like on the 4th of July, I was working. And I made a note to myself, actually, because I was like, no one else is working right now. Everybody else is eating hot dogs, drinking beer with their families, and I'm pounding it out. And I'm thinking about that and like with like a maniacal mindset. Like I'm getting a leg up on my competition right now. Yeah, and that's totally. that's the game, man. That's the fun of it. That's the 24/7, 365. Gurus will tell you, you know, like it doesn't need to be like that, and you can you can have this nice life if you have a business or whatever. But the people that I see uh, that are really having these successful businesses, maybe we're nervously clutching our beers at that Fourth uh, of July picnic, thinking, man, how much money could I be making? <laughs> If I just put this thing down and got back to it, <laughs> you're obsessed 24-7, aren't you? I'm totally obsessed. In fact, yeah, I'm probably the, one of the most obsessed people I know. But uh, it's, it's bringing great things to us. And I think that's, that's the reason why I'm so obsessed is because so much cool stuff is happening from this. Let's go move on to the third one. Outsourcing your business is really tough. Unless you're like way smarter than me and have this shit figured out. I have lost thousands for both out of my own pocket and out of our collective pocket, I've found it to be extraordinarily challenging. The rewards are big, but you can't just like dump stuff to an outsourced team and like start making money. It's got to be the right kind of outsourcing too. It's got to be the right, you got to set your business up to know that you want to outsource it, right? If this doesn't work well. In some ways, like hiring employees is easier than like doing an outsource thing because at least then you can have that like really high bandwidth like next to them all day long and you thinking about it you know, in terms of like, they're really expensive and you're really working to get your investment out of them. You know, outsourcing is in some ways a little less risk, but there's a lot of opportunity costs there if you don't take advantage of outsourcing. And I think a lot of people, you know, have positioned outsourcing as a relatively easy thing to get done. 
and it's not in my experience that people have done it super easily. There are exceptions, um, and the exceptions are, you know, basic kind of stuff, like copywriting, for example. You know, you can pop over to Odesk and get copywriting done, lickety-split. And so, been my experience, man. Outsourcing is tough. It's tough. If you want to learn about outsourcing, I got a whole blog about it, man. That's how tough it is. I got to start a whole new blog. <laughs> Actually, I don't write that blog. So, if you guys want to get an example of, you know, how you can outsource a whole blog, go check out outsourcethephilippines.com, man. I don't even go there anymore, except there's three new posts a week. All right. Let's talk about the fourth point. The, the fourth thing, guru busting technique is to strategically put yourself in the right place and to have people give you honest feedback. I mean, people that are making it have a really accurate self-image. You ever know, Ian, when you... you, This is really tough for a lot of people. You know when you're having a conversation with that guy and he's got like this kind of... He says something sort of like semi-delusional? Or he just does something where you can tell he's not picking up on a social cue. You just know immediately that he's not going to make it. He or she is talking and, and has no idea that you're not paying attention exactly or that you're not interested anymore and like immediately it just clicks like whatever this person is saying like it's not going to happen because they can't even get like this simple situation down how on earth are they going to get something off the ground i think this is a big thing because here's the thing here's what the gurus say they say anybody can do it and that's not true this is not what what Getting a, your own business off the ground that gives you 100 grand in passive income a year, that's not average. That's not Johnny average. That's not Johnny everyday Joe. That's Johnny exceptional. And so you need to start, if you're not doing things that are exceptional right now, that's cool. You need to be really strategic about how you're going to start being exceptional. And that all starts with having a really honest, objective view of where you're at. And some things you can do is like, Find people that can really give you honest feedback because most people are just going to feed you shit, and that's not what you need. If you're the if you're the kind of guy that sits around and tells your friends about your dreams all day long and then never never uh, follows through on those dreams, realize that. Just stop talking about your dreams tomorrow, and uh, just start doing well, doing. It also dreams. makes it awkward for your friends to start giving you real feedback because it, it just gets awkward after a while, you know. Right, and you need people around you that are going to give you honest feedback. Absolutely. There's also a psychological principle which says like telling people about your plans. Uh, gives you sort of a mental reward. It lets you enjoy the outcome a little bit before you've done anything about it. So it's you're actually more likely to do things if you don't tell people about them, uh, according to some research. So that's uh, another thing. So let's get, move on to the fifth point here, which is, you know, uh, the fifth point is feeling like you've got nothing to lose. People that make it, they don't give a shit if it, they go back to zero because they know that they can start from scratch and make it happen. What gurus will tell you is that, like, you know, you don't have to sacrifice anything. You know, you can just have your cake and eat it too. For us, you know, in order to make the tough, in order to break the rules and step out of the mold and do take the risks that were necessary, we had to feel like we had nothing to lose. And that was a critical component to being successful for us. And it still is a critical component. It's still something that I consider every day. Yeah, I I, I always have that mindset. And I know that you do too, is that if you woke up tomorrow, nothing with your business gone, you know, maybe just your MacBook Pro in front of you, you'd be able to make it happen. It would be. And it's an interesting way, or it's an interesting mindset a lot of times to operate your business um, from. A lot of times, if you operate your business that way, traditionally wouldn't have debt. Traditionally wouldn't have a lot of problems that most businesses today have. So I think it's a really interesting experiment to to, to think that way throughout the startup phase and, and, and through owning that business. All right, so now we're going to move on to the quick tips, tools, 
or funny jokes section. Ian, let's uh, get started on what kind of a quick tip are you going to have for the audience today? Well, I've got a huge quick tip section, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Some of you know I'm a huge car guy. Uh, Dan is a huge car guy, so we talk cars all the time. So I've got five tips um, for buying a car on a budget, and I think this is pretty relevant to our audience because a lot of times our audience is uh, bootstrapping. They don't have a lot of cash for a car. Maybe they're just coming uh, back into town uh, like Mr. Sean Ogle is, and they need to get themselves some wheels for a good price. Absolutely. So I think it's really relevant to try and figure out how to spend the least amount of money and get a good car. And I, so the first thing you're going to be looking for um, when you're buying a car is uh, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to suggest that maybe you're around the two thousand to five thousand dollar range. So the first thing that you want to do is is look for something probably from the '90s, um, and you're going to have to be patient with the process because it takes a while. So show up on Craigslist, but don't buy anything the first day. Um, and so sing a little song to yourself that goes something like, sing a little song that goes something like Civic, Sentra, Corolla, Camry, mixed with a little bit of Mazdas. Stay away from the American cars, please. If I find out that somebody after listening to this bought a Ford Tempo <laughs> for $500, don't do it. So most, most American cars from the 90s were just garbage. So um, the 80s and the 90s. So just completely stay away from the American cars. If you roll down the street, You'll notice most of the older cars on the street are Japanese. There's a reason for that because they last long. Uh, the first point is uh, stick with Japanese in this price range. The second point is head to the hills when you're buying your car. You want to find a car that uh, has all the maintenance records if possible. Maybe some guy that could afford a much more expensive car and he has this car. That way you know the maintenance is up to date. Look for things like uh, records, all the four same tires. A guy that could really afford this car, maybe had it for 15 or 20 years, uh, probably meant he took pretty good care of it. So that's a good question to ask when you're on the phone is how long have you owned the car? If they say six months, hang up the phone immediately. The third point here, once you've found your car for around two to five thousand dollars this is for when you show up this is probably the biggest tip on the list um, and one of the biggest indicators if your car is running right first thing see if the car is cold if it is great have them start the car while you stare at the exhaust if white smoke comes out don't buy the car. if blue smoke comes out don't buy the car if gray smoke comes out don't buy the car right right here this is this is a really important tip see see if any smoke comes out of the car when they first start it. If it does, it generally means that it's burning some fluids. It's going to be expensive to fix. There's a couple ways to protect yourself um, from buying a car with some engine problems. Most states have uh, emission tests. Um, so you have to bring your car in. You have to get an emissions test. That will basically tell you the general health of the motor. So if they have one of these tests uh, and it passed, generally speaking, your car is in relatively good health, at least the motor. Spend the $25 on the Carfax. Make sure you get a clean title car. Don't ever buy a salvage title car. I realize sometimes they're less expensive. Generally, they've been in very serious accidents and haven't been fixed properly. So chances of you getting a good salvage title car are very, very small. The last thing you can do is you can spend $100 and bring it down to your mechanic, uh, get a pre-inspection. If it's something that you really think you want, they'll check it out for you, tell you all the things that it might need. Uh, it's worth the 100 bucks if you find a car that you think you might like, take it down to the mechanic. For our fourth point, this is, this is pretty important too. Uh, look under the hood, um, smell for different leaks, um, and also check most of these cars from the 90s. Uh, typically speaking, you're going to get a four-cylinder car if it's Japanese. Check for the timing belt. That's probably one of the more expensive things that you're going to have to fix on this car. So check for a timing belt sticker. Generally, there'll be a sticker in there the last time the timing belt was checked 
or or replaced. Look and see if that was within 60 to 80,000 miles. Uh, generally, that repair is going to be about $300. So if you're lucky, that's a big portion of your car. The other thing that you can do is that you can run your finger around the panels of the car. Look for consistent gaps uh, in between the doors. Uh, in the hood and the trunk. If you see a huge gap on the door or the trunk, you can assume that the car has been in a pretty major accident. Might not drive straight. So the last point, uh, this is also important. Drive it for 30 minutes. Let it get hot. Don't just take it around the block. Uh, floor it. Let it cool down. Watch the gauges. Sniff under the hood. Really run it through its paces. You know, a lot of times a car will get hot and different things will start to happen. It starts to shift funny. It starts to vibrate. So you really want to take the, take it out on the highway. Take the time. Um, to run it through its its paces and, and and make sure that it's acting properly. And so those are the five points on uh, trying to uh, buy a car within around two to five thousand dollars. I think that this is a good price range to look for, especially in a Japanese car. And a lot of times you can find really really good cars uh, for this price range. It's it's important to find it for this price a lot of times because uh, you're going to end up spending a few hundred dollars a year on maintenance. Um, so you want to keep the initial cost as low as possible. What kind of mile threshold do you have for cars like this? I mean, I've seen you buy cars at 200,000 miles where, you know, someone that knows less about fixing cars might be worried to do so. So how, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Uh, generally, I mean, cars are lasting a lot longer than they used to. Uh, it really depends on the maintenance records. But uh, in between 100 and in, anywhere between 100 and 150 um, with most of these, uh, these Corollas and Civics, you don't have to worry too much, um, especially if it's been properly maintained. A Civic should run uh, to 200,000 miles. So if you are spending 100, you know, if you are spending $2,000, uh, I think 150,000 miles is okay. I wouldn't spend five. I wouldn't spend $5,000 on a on a car with 200,000 miles, though, especially with the original engine. So if people have further questions about a car that, that they're going to buy, they can send you an email, yeah? And you'll... Uh... You'll provide your services for free, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. I love this stuff. And uh, hopefully uh, on one of the next uh, tips for uh, those listeners out there that are interested, maybe we'll talk about uh, collector's cars or, or how to protect your investment in a car. But uh, this is uh, this is specifically aimed at people looking to get back into the car game or maybe first-time car um, at a very low price. Yeah, and, and it's legit. I mean, last time I moved to San Diego, Ian helped me to get a $350 car. that, uh, And yeah. I only spent a couple hundred bucks on maintenance on the thing. And I basically got to drive for free. Uh, so that was pretty sweet. So it's totally legit stuff. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of ways to hack this car situation. So don't don't feel like uh, like you're gonna get taken advantage of. There's a lot of good information out there. The one video that I want to point people to, and this is an awesome video. Uh, go to YouTube and type in how to buy a used car. Real good tips. This is by David's Farm. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I by, love David's Farm. It's by kind of a redneck guy, but he he points out some really good. Uh, things on how to buy a used car. So check awesome. that out. Awesome. Hey, you know, I was going to go over my quick tips about how to use Twitter to like blow up your blog traffic, but I'm going to put that off until the next episode because it's just, uh, we're, we're running over time here. Yeah. We got to get up. Uh, we got to get on to it. But, uh, that was awesome. I love the car stuff. I, I don't know. I know it's kind of a bit of a non sequitur, but you know, at least in the United States, everybody has to have a car and you know, not being a not being a dummy about dumping all your money into depreciating assets is important. So I really like that advice. Absolutely. Hey, well, you know, I gotta get moving, man, because I gotta go make some money. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Adios.
everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.